I'm Sir Flobojan Thunderhammer. And I'm Teflon Frosthammer. And I'm Cabbage Tidehammer. And this is Whack. If Ampgard Knighthood means anything, you can't knife a motherfucker and keep it. And the thing that people need to understand essentially about arts and sciences events is that your scores don't matter. You want a black phoenix or a white phoenix? Jeez, language, man. We're on a freaking podcast, for fuck's sake. Mind-blowing experience, right? Hello, everyone, and welcome to WAC, where we discuss topics important to the AmpGuard community at large and talk with interesting people from around the foam-fighting world. This week, we have on Warlord Bell. Bell is primarily a uh, Belagarth Dagahir player, is that correct? That is correct. Um, but he took some time out of his busy schedule of playing Dag and Bell to come and kick all of our asses here in Winter's Edge and has <laughs> recently earned his uh, Warlord. Congratulations on that, sir. And welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah. So place we always like to start off is tell us how you got into, you know, sort of boffer sports, foam fighting, that sort of thing. So I got into it in high school. Uh, sophomore year, I believe. We had this thing in my high school called Dork Club, where <laughs> everything you could think that was like video games, magic, Yu-Gi-Oh, and there was film fighting in there too. So I was just walking by the courtyard one day and saw all these guys hitting each other with sticks, and I was like, "That's for me." So I'm doing that, <laughs> and never looked back. So it, this this. Uh... I aptly named, I guess, Dork Club. Were they playing a specific foam fighting game, or was it just like they had some boffers and a loose set of rules? They were playing Dagger here specifically. Oh, shit. Um, the rule set Dagger here. So that's where I got into it, and that's why that's was my main game, and still, for the most part, is... Did you cross game out into... Because I know Dag and Bell are fairly similar. Did you cross game out at all into uh, uh, to Dag at all, or were you introduced to amp guard before that? Um, so reverse I probably, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry. I, I know what you're asking. I'm very tired. Uh, sorry. So I, I did dag like specifically dag and Bellagarth cause they're pretty much the same game. There's yeah. just political reasons I split them before I even started fighting, but they're the same <laughs> game for the most part. So I did both of those and I probably did those about 10 years before I ever fought amp guard. Fantastic. That was actually going to be my, my sort of follow-up, is at what point did you sc- discover Anthguard? So about 10 years after you discovered Dag, at which point you were already, I guess, a, a pretty accomplished fighter at that point. So when you when you first found uh, Anthguard and your first sort of walk into that, what was your experience like? You know, magic, I think, is the big differentiator, but there might be some other things that we don't think of. What sort of took you off guard the most? Well, so coming into Anthguard... Uh... Like I knew about the game Amp Guard just because that's when videos were starting to hit the internet heavily. Right. So then I, and I would hear and I would hear these people that cross game before like speak, talk about like, hey, you're good, but you have nothing on these top guys in Amp Guard. And I was like, <laughs> that can't be true. Like, there's no way. Like, they might be better, sure, but they can't be like night and day. I can't touch them. I just don't believe that. So then. I actually, like Brennan, came to a DAG event, a Southern DAG event, ah, and okay. I fought him there. And I was like, okay, he's good. Like, I still don't think he's, like, as good as – he's better than me to the level that these people say he is, but he's good. 
So that's a lot of fun. I'm finally getting beat up. Because at the time, like, in DAG, like, I was, like, the best fighter in DAG here. Like, there was nobody besides, like, my local group who could like even touch me i was gonna say to kind of pause your story here for a sec to to fill everybody in here and this will probably come up later in the podcast too but uh bell is part of sons of terra uh and i have every single person that i've met from from your crew uh i consider top tier uh fighters they're you're fun to hang out with uh great fights too so i mean this is this is coming from uh, a park, essentially, uh, for, for the people that don't cross game as much as Amp Guard. I don't know if, you, if they call them parks, but his park, essentially, his muster, is, I would say, at least some of the best people on the East Coast, if not the best people in, in their game. I haven't played your game as much, but uh, just always fun to fight whenever you guys come out. Yeah, uh, like it's the rest of the game has grown since cross game became so prevalent, just because people learn. But at the time, like at the time when like none of us were really cross gaming, like our group was the best, and we still are. I would consider us the best group in Dagger here. And you have like the Bellagarth people, like you have like Peter's group in Bellagarth. Yeah, like they're really good, and they like so we'd go to Bellagarth, and like you have them, they're awesome fight. But Dagger here, like we were the best group in Dag. And so I was getting kind of bored, and then so having like Brennan come to that. And fighting him and seeing that there's somebody beating me. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. There's still place to improve. Yeah, absolutely. And then, oh, go ahead. Oh, I said I still didn't really get into the game at that point until Brennan, like, oh, see, they invited me to be an instructor at SKBC mm-hmm. when they had it in Atlanta that year. Sure. And that was my first Amp Guard event, was that SKBC as an instructor. Yeah. And then at that point, I got into it. <laughs> I remember that. You, a funny story here. So, at the at that Atlanta event, there was someone there who had just now got in, uh, got into doing some uh, amp guard photography and video, um, and one of the f- uh, not the first, but one of the first series of videos that he put up was uh, one of me and Bell shit talking each other before we fought uh, and and joking around with one another um, and. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember what started the conversation, but we were talking about me being fat because I put on a lot of weight uh, right before this happened. So, uh, so Hogman, uh, who is the one who who put up this video, a very very young Hog- Hogman puts up this video that says, you know, Bell, amazing fighter and dagger here, murders people, flow fatter than he used to be. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is great. <laughs> I want to I want to put a, a kind of a pin or a highlight on the fact that your first Amthgard event, you were an instructor at SKBC. That's like showing up to the war with your own gun. <laughs> like, <laughs> what was your first Amthgard event? Oh, I was teaching people how to be better fighters in Sword Knights. <laughs> what the fuck? That's that's amazing. It was it was really cool because it, the the whole focus of that SKBC was. Uh, a lot of times, because we play Amp Guard, we think of it as, well, we need to bring these people in so that they can get a little taste of Amp Guard. But this was very much them going and handpicking some talent from uh, Dag and Bell and introducing the Amp Guarders, all of us, to them. Because uh, that, uh, that was a talent pool that we just didn't really have a lot of experience uh, over. A lot of his company bros came too. Aiden was there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Aiden and Bron were also instructors. And yep. all three of us are sons. Yep. Uh, Aiden was there. Braun was there. Uh, great guys. If you ever bump into them, uh, too. 
Uh, Peter was an instructor as well, but Peter had been playing. Uh, Peter the Quick had been playing Amp Guard for mm. quite some time. Yeah, yeah I think the, at the time. Yeah, I was going to say I think that yeah. he had already gotten his belt. So, uh, but yeah, it was a it, that one was a lot of fun. So I, I have a very loose understanding of how Dagger here is structured, and I know that there is a group in this sort of area called I think it's like the Kingdom of Albion or something like that. Is that you, or is that is a is that a separate thing? That's us. Okay. So I'm actually the leader of Albion. Like, what would be the king of an amp guard group? You poor, poor. Fool. That that is my like. <laughs> it's a lot less work than amp guard. So it's me pretty much being. Like, yeah, I lead Albion. Okay, we're updating our contract. Right. Okay, cool. That's all I got to do. Like, we don't take, there's no treasury. There's no funds. We don't collect anything like that. We we pretty much play the game that we want to play in our area. And it only matters when we go to War Council and Ragnarok once a year. So it's a lot less work than Ampguard. <laughs> So, I mean, that sounds... So, what is War Council and what is that other thing you mentioned that I've already forgotten? Uh, describe those to me. What are those uh, in relation to, like... You know, okay, so Ragnar Ragnarok's the yearly event. Uh, biggest event in foam fighting, I think. Okay. So, actually. for Anthgard, is this would translate roughly into, like, our Gathering of the Crowns, but it's... Well, keep now. Oh, right, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it would be the event where all the... Everybody goes to, so therefore they have the meeting that changes rules. Okay. Okay. So that's War Council. Change this read. Rule changes happen. How does War Council work? Well, I mean, I, like, what kind of rule changes do you get past? I like again, not understanding the game. Dagger here seems like a pretty fixed set of rules. So what changes? Um. So I try to. There's always people trying to. So in Dagger here, metal gauntlets and elbows. Oh, like so metal gauntlets and metal elbows are illegal you can't wear them um because of face don't don't want to get elbowed in the face punched in the face that's the reason they've been banned for a long time and so there's always a, blades. there's always a faction that's trying to get that back in the game so that's one rule that's always in contention pretty much the most recent rule that was actually meant anything was so there's weight limits and dagger here if for a sword is the, okay <laughs> So, it's like, fuck, I can't play Dag. Yeah, there's weight limits in Dag here for swords. So if a sword is 42 inches uh, or shorter, it has to be 12 ounces. Okay. I'm not, it could be, I'm not exactly sure if that's the right length. But so if it's like 42 inches or shorter, it has to be 12 ounces. Um, the most recent rule changed it. So if your sword is under 12 inches long, it doesn't have a half of a weight limit. Under 12 inches? Yeah, so therefore you can have like a dagger boot knife. You don't have right. to worry about having 12 ounces on it anymore. Like you, that's the most recent rule change that meant anything. They did you just silly. add pennies to the bottom of it to make it 12 ounces? Pretty much. Rebar that, yeah, core. Pretty much. You just put, you counterweight it. So you had these short, really short, like 12, 12 inch swords that weighed 12 ounces. So you got a bunch of just weight in your hand. So that, that rules. Now you don't have to have weight at that short. That was the most recent rule that changed, that meant anything. Hmm. Okay. But rules like that, yeah. This is interesting, just from a from a I guess an outsider's perspective of like how your game structurally works, how the rules change. I I didn't even think Dagger here changed its rules that often, so that's actually really cool to for me to learn. Yeah, uh, what I like about it is uh, the term War Council. Uh, you know, when this is going to sound kind of dumb, I guess, but 
the way that we think about something somewhat influences the types of things that that thing will do. What I mean by this, uh, we have a gathering of the crowns. We have a council of crowns. We're discussing, you know, uh, big pol- sweeping political change in our game and all kinds of other stuff. You guys have a war council, and what you're clarifying are just the fighting. Uh, if I've understood you, I'm not going to say that there aren't politics in your game, right? But at least when it comes to this type of things, you all aren't addressing uh, political issues that are coming up necessarily. You're doing rules clarifications uh, and changes. Is contract that renewals. That yeah, contract renewals. Uh, it's Yes. So pretty much War Council is for the majority of the people that go and cast the vote it is like 90 percent game like fighting changes like weapon weight changes weapon link changes gameplay changes like so there's political stuff but in dag the political scale like so we signed a contract to dagger here as albion honestly they have very little say of what albion does Mm -hmm. like Whatever, however they want to structure their group up there, I don't care. They can, <laughs> we don't care. Like right. we're gonna run Albion how we how we want to run Albion. Yeah. There's not that hard. There's like, Amgard's very strict when it comes to how stuff is run. Like, the stuff that should be done is laid out for you. It's just not like that in Dagger here. In a lot of ways, what you're describing is how Amgard used to be where there wasn't a, a contracted system, really. It was just the Burning Lands and kingdoms doing whatever the fuck they kind of wanted to do. There's very little to do with, like, specific things each kingdom had to do. It was a very short list, it seemed like. Yeah. <coughs> it's, it's pretty much, there's a ban list. We we agreed to the ban list. Cool. If there's a Sunrise banned, they're banned in Albion from Dagger here standpoint. Got it. Besides that, they're... Uh, that, no, we do what we want to do. We run our area how we want to run our area. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, bringing it back around to uh, the fighting, because our, a large portion of our audience is uh, AmpGuard related, if they were to come out to a, a Dagger Bell uh, event, what are, gonna, what, are, what are some of the big differences that they're going to notice? From fighting? Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, Dagger here rule set. The biggest change is that there's weight. There's a weight limit to your swords. Like so, what would be a short sword in amp guard has to be 12 ounces, mm-hmm. minimum. Uh, what's considered a long in amp guard has to be 24 ounces minimum weight. The weight has to be balanced on the blade. It can't be in the handle. Um, Damn. There's a magic switch rule. So if you get hit in the arm, you can't just put it in your other hand and fight with it. Now, this is where, like, that's a dagger here rule. Mm-hmm. But when out, Al- so Albion, Santa Terra ran an event recently, like a couple weeks ago. At our event, we let magic switch be okay. So we're running a dag event and we're like, yeah, but we don't like that rule. We're just going to let people magic switch. It doesn't matter too much. So that's one of those examples of, like, that's a dag rule. This is our area. We're going to run it how we want to run it. Okay. Could you imagine? Could you just fucking imagine what would happen at an amp guard event if we said, you know, I know that druids are the most broken class in the game, but we're just we're just not going to allow people to play them. 
Like, <laughs> Drew, it's just, you can't be in this. Go pick another class or something uh, like that. Uh, our, our kingdom would be set on fire within moments. Yeah. <laughs> so, more similar to that, so there's no length rule of reds. Like, you can make a red weapon. So, a swinging, a swinging red. Uh, so, a red weapon is a long swinging weapon. Mm-hmm. There's no max length to those. But at our. So, an eight foot glaive is very popular in a dagger here right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just a ton of them. So, at our event on Saturday, we capped that length at six and a half feet. Hmm. So that like that's more similar to Druid. How you're like you can't play Druid today is like well you can't use a red longer than six and a half feet today. <laughs> so we did that for our Saturday of the event that we ran. And some people gripe, but overall, it changes up stuff. I was gonna say I'm curious what the reason for changing that is. Is it just to like facilitate a, a more quick style of play or is it is there some other safety reason why would you change that um so a red weapon can break a shield in two hits and dagger here Mm -hmm. just swinging red with how light you can make an eight foot glaive nowadays Ah, you can get two shots in very quickly and it also they're light enough to where they make eight foot spears kind of irrelevant because uh, you can just use an eight foot glaive that's as light as a spear, but now it can also swing. So we cap the length of those to six and a half. It makes spears have a purpose again. And it makes it to where borders can actually get in range to have a fight. That's not just them staring at eight foot glaives and being like, well, this is fun. Yeah, they just get picked <laughs> apart from a range they can't ever it, retaliate. Yeah, it just it makes it where we've enjoyed it. And from what we've heard from people that fight on those Saturdays, it really opens up some options that just are kind of lacking now because of the meta of you're fighting 28 foot glaives and you're like, awesome. Yeah. So one of the weird things that, that I had talked with, I think Telfair about um, prior to like shield foam and stuff, all the shields had like a wood core back, right. Uh, with Dag and Bell and stuff. And it had heft to the, Um, the shield and part of their rules is that when you swing red it has to be a sufficient force to consider a breaking shot and it's up to the shield user i believe to consider whether or not that red shot was a breaking enough shot to their board and so people kind of judged it on if it moved the board on the wood core shields and it's probably good enough but with the shield foam it's so much lighter any kind of red of any kind of thing seem uh, of a shot basically is going to move that board a little bit. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of curious how judgment of, of red to board shots have become in the more modern era. Cause I was like on the switch where, and when I, when I played Dag and bell, I was on the switch where they were starting to use shield foam. Oh, um, so that, that same switch, like think of, think of a band shot pole. Do you know what I mean when I say bandshot pole? Yeah. I do, yeah. yeah I have absolutely. two in my in my closet. Right <laughs> yeah. Now. Okay. So think of a bandshot pole. Think of an eight foot glaive that has to be so twenty four ounces minimum. But those bench, like you put a bunch of foam on the tip of that, you put enough shaft padding to make it legal for hitting. They're heavy. They're slow. Mm-hmm. Now you take these thin carbon walled eight foot poles, slap in just enough weight to make it pass. So it's just twenty four ounces, but it's right. twenty four ounces balanced nicely through the blade. Mm-hmm. They're just yeah. so much faster. Then like, like two hits was 
jujitsu was plenty back in the day. Like if you walk up to a glaive, you're like, okay, that glaive has range, but you're not going to swing at me four times before I get close enough to hit you. Mm-hmm. With those eight foot, with the new eight foot carbons, <laughs> four shots minimum. If they're like an average pole fighter. Yeah. I've noticed a lot of the, the, I guess, I don't know if they're reaping blades or where, where they're coming from, but like, they're, like you said, they're like eight foot, they're like six and a half, six and a half to eight foot long. And they look like they're light as hell. And they usually have like a back shield on them as well when they're using them. But like, it seems to boil down to, if you have the money for those carbon shafts, then that's literally the only thing to go. We had, uh, uh, so we were at defrost and, uh, there was a number of, uh, for uh, a buddy's nighting. This is a, an event in Neverwinter in Ampgard. Okay. Um, and a lot of uh, Dagbell people came down. Xander was actually there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody knows Xander. The, <laughs> um, but a lot of people from his unit showed up. Uh, I don't remember their name. Ravenous. Ravenous. Yeah, Ravenous. Thank you. Um, a lot of people from his... Uh, the Xandrettes. <laughs> God, no. <laughs> um, and so I was watching them spar uh, a little bit. And it was the same thing that you were saying, Bill. Like, there was a number of them that were fighting with... I couldn't tell distance from where I was uh, sitting. I had torn some muscles, so I wasn't able to uh, to fight. Uh, but uh, I watched them for a while. And it was... I have always thought that Dag and Bell had a much more diverse and healthy two-handed uh, fighting community God. than Ampguard ever has. Yeah, watching the red mm-hmm. weapon fights that uh, that Hogman is still putting up on, on TikTok and shit looks so much Dude, fucking fun. We don't have it. I, I can't yeah. tell you why we don't you. have it. I um, wish I had the excuse to buy the big Gorg-Tech fucking two-hander because I want one just to have it. I mean, you I, can put it in your closet with the rest of your bench. Yeah, holes. right. Like the, uh, but no, I have always loved watching your uh, single red tournaments. Um, they're fun. If anyone hasn't seen them, go to YouTube right now and look up some of the single red tournaments in uh, Dagger Bell. It is so much fun to watch. the The skill cap there is amazing between someone that I would consider, say, a mid tier fighter and one of their top tier fighters fighting in that category. It is so much fun to watch. Um, Just like dead ass. I didn't know you could throw the spin shots you guys are throwing with the big two-handers. <laughs> yeah. They're amazing. So talking about it, to get back on uh, a topic here, sorry I tangent a lot. The uh, They were doing a, a double tap where it was a, it was a body weight movement uh, here mm-hmm. where you know the first one would be an arm uh, movement to get the first tap, and the second one was a rotation of the body. And it happened, you know, that fast. Boom, boom. And... That was a shield. They weren't taking the shield, but they would call it because this was just a, a practice, right? Yeah, they would call yeah. it uh, and say shield, letting the other person know, hey, my shield's broken. Um, and I I just thought that that had become part of the game, right? As, mm-hmm. as our rulebook has changed, we've had different weapon combinations that were more or less meta over the, over the uh, Amp Guard years. And I said, oh, these guys are practicing up for a tournament or something, and this happens to be the, the meta. Uh, right now but it makes a lot more sense now that you've said that that this it kind of destroyed pole arms in your game yeah it's just the tech like the rule hadn't changed it's just the tech changed and the yeah, tech made it where that 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 like that combo weapon like that combo of weapon slush either buckler on the side of the arm or back shield mm. it's just very potent it's very strong um and those like all the videos that hogman you're talking about the videos he's posting right now those yeah. were from our event oh nice the, the sundran was um, it Orc Wars or Orc Wars? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say if if you guys follow uh, Come Try Larp or Hogman on uh, TikTok, 
there's you'll actually see Bell in quite a few of the videos that he's put <laughs> up recently. Um, he's the guy with the, the kind of longer hair, ponytail, I believe. Um, Represent. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's he's in quite a few of those. There's one where you catch an arrow block just not even looking at it, just kind of like shield, keep walking. It's pretty good. <laughs> nice. But, but yeah, yeah, the uh, uh, so uh, we've kind of gone over some of the political stuff in the uh, in the game and your big event. Um, uh, we talked a little bit about uh, some of your company guys. Tell me a little bit more about this event you just now ran and about the Sons of Terra in general. Sons of Terra in an Ampguard equivalency would be something like fighting. our fighting company, yeah, correct? Fighting company. Unit. Yes. So, so fighting company. Um, so Albion. Albion is a realm, what would be considered a kingdom. Either realm or chapter, depending on where you're at, they call it. It's one of the two. And that would be considered a kingdom in Ampguard. Yep. And then Albion... They, so there are units, which are like fighting companies for AmpGuard, but they differ as, I would say probably like, we'll say like 99% of units in Dagger here. If you're in a unit, you're in nothing else. Mm-hmm. Like, so as a son of Terra, I cannot be in any other group. Like, I can't be affiliated with like, like I can't join a fighting company in AmpGuard. Because I am a son of Terra. Okay. And we consider ourselves a cross-gaming unit. And so I I can't wear colors of other units. So I just... That's why I always wear Sons of Terra stuff. Like, we have our green, green, white are our main colors. And then I have our reds that are our off days, pretty much. And that white trinity is our symbol. So, like, all the stuff I wear is Sons of Terra. Mm -hmm. You'll never see me wearing, like, other units, other realms, other... Um, fighting company symbols. Try it. Because of eat that. your hearts out. And, <laughs> and you don't wear. I don't think I've ever. Uh, does Albion have a symbol as well? If it does, yeah, so I, I don't think I've arrows, ever seen it. Right? It's the three arrows. Yeah. Uh, I have a belt flag. I have an Albion. Godric has one as well. He has it on his, uh, I think, tunic. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's the it's the three crosshairs. Like you have one straight and then two that are. Yeah. But but it wouldn't be like in Ampguard it would be perfectly acceptable if I was wearing my triad symbol right here and then also had some Winter's Edge stuff on or uh, something. You yeah. don't see us do it very often, but mm-hmm. that would be acceptable. Would Is that not something that would be acceptable for you guys? We can wear we can wear Albion stuff, but like we can, wear, we can put that triad on stuff. That's not a problem. Mm-hmm. It's more just like other f- affiliate groups that aren't. Like I could even wear like Winter's Edge stuff. Like that would be fine. I could wear like the Winter's Edge symbol somewhere. Like, I would never wear, like, a full tunic of Winter's Edge. But I could have, like, a Winter's Edge belt flag or put the symbol on, like, put the symbol on my tunic somewhere. That'd be fine. Mm. But branch down to smaller groups. We can't wear their symbols. Fighting companies in Ampguard work on a similar principle where if you're a part of one fighting company, you can't be a part of another. So if you are a triad, you are not able to also be a seraphim. But I think if you left, like, if you went out of Ampguard, you could be in a you know a dag unit or something like that but- each fighting company is different as far as that go the the big difference that that bell's catching on is that we have households and stuff like that too we do yeah. which you can be a member of as many as you want. don't really i've heard of some that are kind of that way but it's pretty rare it seems like yeah and so like i go to an amp event and i have no idea 
for the most part, who any of you belong to because you're mm-hmm. wearing something completely different every time I see you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we, we Except look for like, Triad. Triad always wear like the same thing, and that's great. I love it. We I look know like where company you hobos to him. Just we've got on like a tunic of one color and pants of another color. And... <laughs> well, uh, another part of that is that in finding companies in Amthgard, especially in, in Winter's Edge, are less popular than they used to be. So like you'll you'll recognize the triads because I always have their their navy and tan and I guess red, but mm-hmm. like the rest of us probably aren't a part of a fighting company or we don't show out in colors that like you'd recognize in any kind of volume. You might maybe the seraphim they have their green and gray and, and celery. Um, you might recognize them too, but I mean there's not yeah. those are the two big fighting companies in Winter's Edge, I believe. Well, we don't. At least in Winter's Edge, we don't really have a reason. Like, yeah. Dag and Bell have, like, the Four Horsemen tournaments, and they do, like, team things. And if I recall right, like, when you guys are doing just a day battle at an event or whatever to help balance sides, you'll pull full companies across the, the line instead of, like, just a couple people. Yeah, we try to keep – we try to let units fight with each other. So if you're in a unit or a group and you want to fight with your group, we don't want to split you up and make mm. you fight against each other. Yeah. Telfair mentioned this when he was on. He came to Telfair has come to several of our events, and uh, he's he's been friends with us for some of us for a very long time. And uh, he was mentioning that you know it was always weird to him when we would be doing something and they would say, "Hey, let's split it up," and half the triads would go to one side and half would stay on the other side. He's like, yeah, that just doesn't happen. I mean, we'll just keep on adding more people to the non-triad side until we feel it's balanced. Um, mm-hmm. Because you guys fight each other all the time. You didn't come to fight, you know, what you could do at your home park. You came to fight everybody else. Exactly, yeah. And so, like, most of Dagger here is like that. So, like, you get in a unit, everybody wears, like, all the garb they wear is their unit. So when you look at a DAG field, you're like, yeah, they all belong together, they all belong together, they all belong together. It's very easy to tell. That's why, like, I go to Amp Guard, I'm like, I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> you're wearing lantern stuff. Sometimes you're wearing, I don't even know what symbol that is. Now you're wearing a torch thing. Yeah. Now you have Globetrotter jersey on. I don't know what's happening over here. <laughs> this guy's this guy's wearing cat in the hat pajamas. Bro, we need a, no. a, a Globetrotter, some kind of thing for Amp Guard. I isn't love there that. A, isn't, don't the torches have, like, a, a Washington Generals to their, their Globetrotters? I thought no. they did. Oh no no no! That was that was us. That's ah, me, okay. Kazan, uh, Keldrick, and a couple of other people. We when uh, when jugging tournaments still happened, we none of us were in a uh, a fighting company at the time. So we entered as the Washington Generals, which is ah. the company. They're the uh, basketball team that the Globetrotters always beat. They traveled with the Globetrotters, and in every yeah. single <laughs> city, they would they would beat them. So that was our joke, and all of us wore pajamas. So. <laughs> Let, let me ask you this before Flo explains another very old thing that no one's going to understand. <laughs> we'll get them out about Blockbuster or payphones next, and then we're just all leaving. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, a question I always had, because it always seems like everyone is part of a unit in DAG. What does somebody who's not part of a unit do? Do they just try to join a unit as quickly as possible? And how hard is it to join those units? So uh, it really differs depending on your area. Mm-hmm. So so for Albion, we'll go without. So Albion, you have Albion. In Albion, you have three units currently. You have Sotaterra, Iron Wolves, which are they're black white. They have a wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they've. Oh, oh sorry, I forgot his name. Altor. Altor's an iron, like the leader of the Iron Wolves. Okay. Um. So Altor Haley. Those are they're Iron Wolves, and then you have Telfair and his unit Lockbald. So those are the 
three units in um, Albion. And then so if you're not in one of those units, but you're part of Albion, you're just considered a free soul. So you pretty much just wear whatever you want to wear and you'll wear like Albion stuff. So you'll wear the arrows, green and white, the color of Albion. So if the three of us uh, came out, like if if Bell calls us up and says, hey man, we're going to be holding an event. It's going to be really cool. Uh, I'd love for you guys to come out. And we made Albion garb and came out. That would be totally acceptable. We would just be free souls wearing the three arrows and it would be cool. So to be in, to be in Albion, you have to meet criteria. So you have to come to a certain number of practices slash musters in a certain time frame. Okay. You have to like take a rules test just so we know you know the rules and you have to have oh, I'm garb and gear that you own. Okay. And then once you get checked off of those, you pretty much talk to me and I'm like, you got all this stuff. You've been to this many practices. Okay. You can now wear the arrows. You are now on a, like a member of Albion. Okay. This is important to, to know though. So like if, if a, if a bunch of amp guarders wanted to come to a, a DAG event and maybe they weren't you, this is their first time coming and they weren't as familiar. You may want to check with the people that are hosting just to make sure that you don't need to go through any kind of checks when you get there or before you get there uh, to, so that you can have a good time so that you'll be able to fight and, and otherwise participate in everything. Yeah. And um, so uh, like that explanation about how to be a part of Albion, that's where like the rules of how Dagger here wants to run po- like political wise and how Albion works is different. Okay. Like technically we're just supposed to let everybody in the South Carolina and Albion, but we're like, we don't want to let shitty people in Albion. <laughs> so we're going to make sure they're not shitty people before we say, okay, you can wear our symbols and, represented us that makes sense mm-hmm. and so there, it's not it's not hard to be an Albion. it's just like show up be friendly right. own own gear and own garb okay cool you're an Albion. this is this is very much a we shall not be known by the worst among our numbers situation so yeah. okay so that makes a lot of sense i just i was confused i when we because this came up when we talked to telfair and it seemed like if you weren't part of a unit then kind of didn't have a play like you were sort of just at the whim of whoever was designing designing the game where you would end up and it so it seemed like you needed to be in a unit to really be effective um and that would be like if you came to amp guard and had to be in a fighting company like most of us would just be fucked so it's kind of cool yeah. to see that there is a like a 40 millstrom members yeah right <laughs> I, I mean so you know there would there would essentially be a, a place for you if you showed up and weren't already part of the unit you could still fight for albion assuming you met those other criteria which i think is is perfectly fine uh-huh. and um a common thing to do at belagarth events specifically uh it happens in dagger here events too but so you have uh realm battles or chapter battles and that's where everybody in that considers themselves a part of a certain chapter gets together and it's a big battle royale fight until there's only one realm left okay. and then they'll do that and then they're like okay now unit battles so all those what were realms split up into your like your identified units and battle royale last unit alive wins so like those are very common and they use those to kind of balance the field for the bigger fights because they'll they'll see who, they'll get everybody out get everybody on the field be like oh we have all these realms out today this many in this realm this many in this realm and then they'll take those fights have fun and then separate those into two teams to make it a fairish battle for like the rest of the day. You're you're giving away how Jeff has the the secret techniques Jeff has used to balance for our battle games. Uh, the so this brings up a good question though. 
you're talking about these being fairly fairly normal things. So I come to, the three of us come to an event. What's a normal event going to look like? You know, for Amp Guard, that's a little bit of warm up and ditching, and then a couple battle games, maybe some uh, you know class battles, non class battles, and then everybody eats, sits around the campfire, and heads home. Uh, what's it going to look like at a Dag Bell event? Okay. Um, well, from, so from a Dag event, so weapons check. You have weapons check every day morning. Uh, those will open around 9.30. Oh, go wow. to about 11. Just show up, do weapons check, get your passing stickers for the day. Then pick up fights, start around 11. There's normally those battles like that where just getting people on the field, you know, making the sound of battle. So people wake up and get out there. And then around 12, they'll start splitting those up into even teams so you can have your field battles for the day. Uh, for Dagger here, it's pretty much always touch and go reses of some sort with some objective on the board. So for those who like to do objectives, there you go, there's your objective. For those of us who just want to fight, don't really care about what's happening, we just we just show up on the field and be like, point me in a direction. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> and then you just fight until those are over. Those there's probably about three of those in a day normally. Um, I like that you just you work into your schedule time for everyone to get over their hangovers. That's just so useful. <laughs> Very much. Yeah, you have to. Or you won't have anybody fighting. <laughs> yep. We can't start this nine o'clock battle like some of those Amcrad events. They all crazy. Eight a.m. tournaments. <laughs> I have never been part of a nine o'clock battle. I just want that known. Not waking up that early. Crazy. You... So you do that, and then. Fighting will stop around 4.35-ish. And it always, like, you'll have your battles throughout the day, and then you'll just end the day with, like, touch-and-go res. You, like, this team res there, this team res there, and those, that just that, that fight happens until people leave. It's <laughs> just, it'll normally go till dark. Like, at Orc Wars, we started it, and the last person left when you literally couldn't see the sword anymore. Damn. And then we went to, like, at... Where we host the event, Eastwind Castle, mm -hmm. there's a, a mm -hmm. pit that's lit up. So that's where we do tournaments in. So then after it got dark, uh, we host tournaments. Uh, at Dagger Here events, there's there's no feast or anything at Dagger Here events anymore. Mm -hmm. there, there's not a thing. So we don't, we don't have to worry about making feasts or anything like that. So we just, we just plan the fighting, make sure the weapons are legal, and then host tournaments. Is there any type of like communal dining with your unit? Like, do you guys do a barbecue or something, or is it just like we're done? Everybody meet at the Golden Corral. Fuck it, let's get out of here. Um, depends on the unit. Some units like okay. cook and camp. Some just like we had a food vendor on site, so a lot of people just got food from there and hung out together. Because the big ring. So instead of having feasts, we just had an open bar. We just like supplied an open bar to people Fuck, to like drink at while they were watching tournaments. Can you explain to me why I'm still in Ampguard? I'm really struggling. Uh, Albion's really far away. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's South Carolina. Gas, especially I nowadays, forgot. the gas yeah. will fucking kill you, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's just easier than feast, and you don't have to hear you don't have to hear people complain about the food because there's always people complaining about food. Uh huh. I, so, yeah, I like that. Uh, how much does it cost to get into one of your events? So our event was twenty five dollars. Fuck. Is that for day for a weekend? For the weekend, and if you pre-register, it's twenty dollars. Yeah, okay. they cut all of the 
cost of the extra junk of food and things like that. So like, it's just meat site. That's it. They don't have yearly dues. I don't think. And things yeah, like that. There, so like, there's no dues and dag. Yeah. There there's, it's stripped down as far as a, a cost basis thing. I mean, I would almost be okay if Amphgard events didn't include a feast, but all of our event sites are so far away from food that like, there's our two. They're they're running the same event sites, man. Yeah, that's yeah. fucking true. <laughs> I was I was gonna say uh, it's. I I have liked the uh, this is off topic. Sorry, but it, I've liked what some other people have said. Where you do the structure where uh, your warlord bell is gonna be is gonna be doing a feast, not part of the event, just is going to be providing food. Mm-hmm. So you buy that food ticket separately. It is five dollars per person. And if you did not hand money to Warlord Bell, then you do not eat out of that. You can eat, you bring your own food, you can do whatever else you want. But Mm -hmm. his food is $5 per person ahead of time, period. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, that's not bad. Because it lets people who aren't going to eat the feast not have to spend money on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (coughs) one of the nicest events, or I say nicest event sites, one of the nicest events we ever went to had a subway that was like right off the, the site. But it ran out of fucking bread. Oh god! It, it did, no no. So this is the exact same one that you came down for. This is, is the, the yeah. This is this was the uh, two thousand and eighteen. Yeah, two thousand eighteen uh, uh, symposium. Yeah, symposium. And so we get there. We're like, oh, there's a subway. You know, uh, pray uh, praise that was Odin. Stinkfoot sniding that we did that. I thought no no, no, no. Stinkfoot wasn't okay. out there. Um, the uh, uh, so we. We head down and we get there, and uh, Lucas thinks that we're uh, Cabbage thinks we're fucking with him. We're like, dude, sorry, they ran out of bread. He's like, oh, what the yeah, fuck, fuck ever. You. Just like, get me just, my just yeah. get me my Black Forest ham and get back here, dude. I was like, no, I'm being serious. They have no bread at the subway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, they sold too much. Yeah. yeah, in general, I would be fine if Amphgard events didn't include a feast, though. Like if I knew ahead of time, I could just pack a duffel bag full of lunchables and make it through the weekend. Well, I feel like that at the Dag events and Bell events that I've been to, there's more vendors in general because part of their stuff is also food. It it it, it encourages more vendors. Mm-hmm. If I go and I know that there's going to be no feast, and I I like Dag, I want to be around the the community. A Telfair talked at length about how the nightlife in Dag is a thousand times better than it is at Ampguard, then I could definitely see me making food. Like my, I have a, a, a good friend I've been friends with for 20 years, likes our game, doesn't want to come out and play. His knees are blown. He was in the service for quite some time and he just, I mean, they're blown to a point where he can't do the physical activity. But if mm-hmm. he had the chance to come and cook, uh, you better believe he'd be there every single event. Yeah. Or just- no, I mean, there's a, there's a guy that does a lot of Dag events and his thing is he just shows up and does three meals a day. Uh, he takes like registration before events. He's like, Hey, I'm going to be at this event. Let me know if you want to be on my list. And he does breakfast, lunch, dinner that's for the amazing. whole event. And that's all he does. He just hangs out with the people, cooks the food and then parties at night. That's all I, he does. I like that as a concept. I mean, we could do that in Amphgard now if we wanted to. Like, yeah. I mean, it. this is the kind of thing that I keep preaching is like, if you want something in Amphgard, you just go do it. Like, there's nothing stopping you, right? Like, people have called for, like, four horsemen tournaments and stuff like this. They don't need to be sponsored by the kingdom or nothing, right? Like, you can, at night, whenever nothing's scheduled, just run one yourself. The king has spoken! <laughs> uh, well, this is kind of the platform that, that Teflon ran on, though, is if, don't talk about wanting something, do it. If you need help, tell me, and I can I can help facilitate. But you don't need my permission 
to go and have fun at events. Mm-hmm. Um, so the uh, so you go. There's a couple different battles that you'll do. Probably very similar to our non-class games. I'm sure that you have some form of ding the bell or bridge battle or something yep. like that. Capture the, the flag. Capture the flag. Attacks, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, on grander scale, nightlife is awesome. You know, Telfair told us quite a bit about that. We won't uh, we won't go into that. Um, you have musters though. Like we have a weekly park meeting um, or biweekly park meeting. Would your muster be the same thing as those weekly park meetings? Um, no, they're more like like mini events. They're like a day event, them. right? Yeah, they're like a like a small day event. Because we have we have weekly practices that just happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Albion's been kind of bad about keeping those regular, but we do them like every other Friday night, pretty much. Okay. Um, but the muster is just so at a, like we don't wear garb at those practices ever. So the musters, you show up, you bring garb, you wear your garb, like you look like you're being a nerd. <laughs> and then they're they're bigger. They give people like they're pretty set. so they're the first Saturday of every month unless that Saturday is something specific. Yeah. So it lets people plan for them. So you get you get a lot more people. So at our at our like Friday night fights we'll have at most like 12 people. At the musters we'll get up to like 50 on good on good months. Nice. So I mean, this kind of makes sense because you mentioned, I, I believe it, like Ragnarok, where you'll have entire realms fighting against other realms. This helps build that unit cohesion. Because right now, if we did an event where it's like Winter's Edge is fighting Neverwinter, fuck, half of us don't know what any of us are doing. We don't even know the other half of the people that's on the field with us. And that would be crazy to just expect us all to go out and fight as a kingdom. There's not really that unit cohesion that you would get um, mm-hmm. if we all, as a kingdom, got together and fought once a month. That might be... Yeah, I mean, I, I think Winter's Edge is too big practically to make it happen, but it makes sense for like your your realm to do that. Yeah, we're all kind of like Albion's all kind of close. I mean, so Columbia is the middle of the state. That's where we host them. Uh, then you have like Lockvalds in Charleston, which is two hours away. Yeah, and like and then up in Greenville area, which is two hours away. A lot of them come. So like it's just meet kind of in the middle fight for the month, and that's where like. Those musters are really where, like Telfair was talking about, if you're not in a unit, you kind of feel it mm-hmm. because the units fight together and like they have their little meetings. And if you're not a part of any of the units, when like everybody's kind of having their little meeting, you're just kind of like sitting there by yourself, you know. And so people like aren't, aren't pressured to join units, but the want to be in a group, at, like when you watch a bunch of groups meeting, it's there. So people yeah. tend to quickly try to join units is what it is yeah the benefits seem pretty clear okay so like let's let's talk about that like let's say i wanted to join sons of terra what does that take for just a, a regular player to come in and join is it a fighting skill thing or, or what is that damn it I, you already said i was gonna roast you a bit giving you have to have skill first there buddy oh but. yeah well, I mean, <laughs> listen so sons of terror kind of i don't want to use the word elitist but we're kind of elitist like no no not, i like, understand go on but like like we're just small. We're a small unit. Like we we have thirteen people. Jeff's a small unit too. It's okay. <laughs> and um, like you have to like show interest. But if you just ask to be in Suns, you're not gonna like let let you're not gonna get brought into the Suns. It's more of a you show interest, and when we think you'd be a good fit, we'll invite you to be a gilly of the Suns. 
Okay. And Gillyhood is like a trial period, a minimum of a year. If you meet certain criteria that we put, like, hey, we want to see this, this, and this from you. If you meet that by, it could take longer than a year, but as soon as you meet it, then you'll go through a trial or a test, and then you become a full member of the Suns. And that's where you'll get your animal. Because each son has their personal animal. Oh, shit. I had no idea. Yeah, What's, it's pretty like, cool. Wait, okay. Like, I'm a, I'm a ram. Okay. I have the ram. That's why I have all the ram oh, yeah. and stuff on, on my Oh, yeah, your stuff. garb, yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. had no so, idea that's what that was for. That's awesome. So each son is an animal. We each have our personal animal. So I'm a ram. Uh, Aiden's a lion. Cavell, the other guy who travels with me a lot, he's a griffin. Shit. And so we each have our animals. And you don't get that until you're a full son. Okay. I like that as a concept, though. So I've heard a lot about trials in dagger here and they're not one specific thing each each unit or each group might have a a trial of their own um what's the sons of terra trial look like private it's probably secret man okay 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 (laughs) fair enough need to know basis i fuck i just thought it'd be cool i don't know (laughs) i know some trials are like fight this many people and win or something like that drink an entire horn of of beer i've seen that one oh i'd fuck that yeah yeah there's a bunch of there are a bunch of like so when it comes to being a son, it's like we've always done like a lot of units do their trials as like spectators. Like, hey, he's joined in. Like sons have always been like, this trial is to show the other members of the sons that you want to be a son. Mm-hmm. It we don't we don't let people watch them. They're not for a spectator. They're just they're for the unit. Butt tattoo. Got it. <laughs> How is John doing? Great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, that's so. It's not all too unfamiliar to what, like, a fighting company in Amthgard would do if you wanted to join, like, you know, if, if somebody wanted to be a, a, a triangle man over here, then you would have mm-hmm. to, you know, you have to show the skill. It's sort of a don't call us, we'll call you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But that sort of brings me to my next question of, like, is there headhunting between those units, or is it, like, once you've signed up to a unit, you're just kind of stuck there? Uh, no, you can. Sons have taken... Okay. Sons have killed some units by taking <laughs> the key members of other units. <laughs> That's like I, what I, was... I, I wasn't originally a son. I was a. We, our, our, my unit was called the War Bulls. We had a. We were black, yellow, yellow bull symbol. Okay. Uh, I left the War Bulls to join the Sons, and then the War Bulls died after that. Ah, shit. Okay. So it's just one of those things because your your process is so selective. What if somebody joined up with another unit while you know they were getting good, and then once they got good, could you steal them from that unit? The answer. Seemingly, kind of. yes. <laughs> yeah. If they're interested, mm-hmm. if they if, like, we're not going to be like, hey, you should leave them and join us. But if they weren't a part of the other unit for any reason and we liked them and thought they'd be a good fit, then we'll bring them in. Right. But because of how selective we are, once you're a son, you don't leave. <laughs> Fair enough. So we're. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> Not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me. Yeah, that was the vibe that I yeah, got. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're hitting that point in the show where you know we're almost at our hour. Um, usually at this point we kind of like to talk about you know your craziest moment in Amphgard or in in Dagger here. Do you have like a, a funny or memorable or shareable moment you want to uh, sort of give to the crowd here? Um, and understand this is the hardest question we ever ask anyone. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't really have like a specific moment, but I do have a funny. Uh... So when I started doing dagger here a long time ago, mm-hmm. like I made the plan at that point in time 
like jokingly that I was gonna. So the big achievement in Dagger here is to win every like win every tournament at Ragnarok, which Ragnarok is the 2000-ish person event. Mm-hmm. So to win every tournament there, win the big tournaments there, that was like the big achievement. So I made the joke. I was like, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get good. I'm gonna win all the tournaments of Ragnarok. And then once I do that, I can retire from Dag. I'm gonna join Belagarth, and I'll get knighted in Belagarth. And then once I do that, I can retire, go to Ampguard, <laughs> become Warlord in Ampguard. And then once I get that, I can quit, go to SKBC, become a king, and then call my 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 fighting career is complete. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this funny is enough, like... it, it's on track. I, <laughs> I I won every Ragnarok tournament. I was like, cool. I got knighted. In Belagarth, awesome. I, I got knighted around that time. Like I started doing Amp Guard, and I was like, "Well, this is perfect timing. Let's just jump into this. Let's get Warlord." I just got the Warlord. It's time to go to be a king in SCA. So this is we've always joked in Amp Guard that when you get knighted in Amp Guard, you retire to SCA. So that's apparently true across every foam fighting game. <laughs> but apparently there is a a kind of food pyramid that filters up or down. Or I'm not sure exactly how, but. All the good fighters end up in SCA at some point, and they just sort of trickle out there. Yeah, uh, that's exactly what it uh, Sir Gillen <laughs> talks about going to SCA events, and he's like, I ran into all of the people in Ampguard that I grew up with, all of the best <laughs> fighters that I respected. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I run into, and I fight in heavy in uh, SCA now. Jeez. Look, so I'm on track then. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it has has your night, has uh, Peter the Peter the Quick uh, moved on to, to SCA yet? No, I don't. No, not at all. He's, I think he's toyed around with it but i don't think he has any plans to actually do it he just likes foam yeah there you go <laughs> yeah, i like being able to walk at work the next day <laughs> me too yeah, I, I mean no joke gillen uh we work with him and he'll come back from a big sca event or or just playing sca over the weekend and he's like i got this crazy bruise i can barely walk look at this one he's got a big purple stripe on his shoulder or something we're like yeah that fucking sucks like I'm- i mean he wears it as a badge of honor right mm-hmm. he's like i'm definitely gonna have to fix the kid up here uh but yeah yeah no I, i'm with you there um well cool hey uh warlord bell thank you so much for coming on this was a whole lot of fun man mm-hmm. uh we haven't got to talk in a long time uh just because of pandemic and events being shut down and uh, stuff like that love to come out to uh one of your events next time you're going to be uh having one when is the next uh i guess the next yeah, muster or the next question. event to to look forward to in dag and dag like as a whole um, uh, and Albion in particular. I, I don't know that there's a... Um, gotcha. Well, the Albion muster is actually next Saturday, but they're the first they're the first Saturday of every month. Okay. So the April 22nd is the next one. Okay. And then the next like big Dagger here event that's probably worth anything will be Winter War, and that's November. Winter War in November. Okay. Is Winter War at Eastwind, or is it somewhere else? No, it's a, somewhere in Alabama. Gotcha. Now, I'm pretty sure. North Georgia... Or South Georgia, Alabama area. Somewhere That's in there. not that far away. Is okay. is there a Daga here Facebook, Daga here Facebook that people could go to get the big events uh, and join, uh, or is oh. it posted more uh, realm to realm? Um, there is Daga here. There is a Daga here official Facebook that I think most events are posted to. Okay. But if you're in the southeast area, just join Albion Daga here Facebook okay. page. And you'll get all the information you didn't know from cool. there. We'll make sure all of those links end up in the, the comments down below this video when it posts. Um, don't know that this video will go up before the muster uh, on the first weekend of 
April, but it'll definitely be before Winter War. Yeah, and uh, so I want to. We always ask this question too, uh, and I think I know what your answer is going to be. But if I could only go, so let's say that I, I get all of the qualifications that I need, I'm good to go to fight. Uh, if I only get to go to one event in in all of DAG, what do I need to go to? What's going to be the most fun? Well, you should come to Orc Wars run by Hunter Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, I would say Winter War probably. Okay. Cool. Fantastic. We'll put links to all of that in the uh, description below this video then. Um, and I'll get with you on info about Orc Wars as well just to, just to sort of plug it for you. Um, is there anything else we should know about DAG before we wrap up? Yeah, do you have anything else to plug? Anything else that you want the listeners to know about? Uh, foam fighting's fun. Go out there and cross game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to that <laughs> tune too, I want to take a moment to thank all of our Patreons and everyone else that has supported the channel. Um, one of the biggest supports you can give is just clicking that subscribe button at the very bottom. It really does help us bring more and unique content to you. Um, special shout out to all of our uh, second tier Patreons as well. We really do appreciate it. Everything that you give goes towards making this podcast semi-functional as you see it now. <laughs> yeah. The uh, uh, I don't have anything else. Uh, anybody? All right. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on YouTube or Spotify to get notified about new episodes. And make sure to follow us on Facebook for announcements mm -hmm. and more.